One of the, the moments I will never forget during the shoot was when the Legacy cast walked onto our, our big sort of Act 3 set for the first time. And just watching them have the experience of stepping back in time to the first movie, um, you could see how much that family and these movies have, have meant to them. There was a real sense of responsibility on our part, and, and honestly, just a very sort of humbled approach, wanting, knowing, knowing, and really feeling like we were we were the new kids on the block. You know, we were stepping into something that that really had roots, and um, and that it was our job to find a way to to move it forward, but to also really be aware of and pay respect to what had come before. I think one of the things that's really fun about calling this one Scream is that there was a way for us to organically in the movie, because what the movie's about, because of fan culture, because of requels, to call it Scream and then shine a light on why it's called Scream within the movie so that the movie is making fun of itself for being called the same thing as the original. And that was really well stated. You, I'm yeah, that, you nailed there it. There was that a lot was of really ways good. that I could get tied in knots. <laughs> but like once that clicked for us and we realized that it was it was organic and integral to the story we were telling, we got really excited about calling it Scream. One of the things we discussed a ton before and also with our DP, Brett, uh, was how do we make it feel aesthetically like it's of the Scream world and also make it feel like it's up now and like it's fresh and modern. And I think that was one of the big balancing acts with production design. Yeah, that was kind music, of the big with, challenge, I would yeah, say, right? It, kind it, of creatively. I think it's the biggest challenge, is making it have that balance. So you don't feel like you're watching something that's totally divergent of what, you know, what is it, the thing that we all love. You want me to help you and the host of a morning show commit murder? Correct. Yeah. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hi. Hello. We have been back to the movies. Nobody's going to know. Wow, what an excited crew. <laughs> we're watching it. The movie's playing. We're watching the movie. Shh. Everybody has caught off. Scream Fever. We've all been to see you. the new Scream. Or I call it Scream 5. Mm-hmm. But five they, Cream. They decided not to. Uh, we're also going to check out... Halloween Kills this week. So we're hot. We're happening. We're at the mall. We are mainstream, guys. These are the movies that everyone has been talking about. It's Kevin's week. This line's right, this is right up your alley, Kevin. It is. You're a huge Scream guy. We've talked about that many times. Ah! I'd say you're a Halloween guy. Slasher guy. Yeah. You might I'm, not I'm have a- the cardboard cutout like Jason, but... He does. You would. Jason and Freddy, yeah. You would if you could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kevin and I went to see Scream. Um, Kat and Dave have both been. I went again because I felt like it was my obligation to the show. I needed w- more than one shot of Scream to wrap my mind around it. Not really. Uh, Kevin, you've been uh, how many times? Three times. Wow. If you go back to our slasher episode, I was eviscerated for picking Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> and... I think I mentioned on that episode that I went, when Scream came out in, in 96, I went six or seven times to the movie theaters to see it. I was that into it. Um, this 
uh, you know, other than Texas Chainsaw, which I, I wouldn't call Texas Chainsaw like a franchise that I'm into, but like TCM. TCM is, is the top of the mountain in terms of movies, but in terms of like franchises, Scream is up there for me. And the other movie that we'll talk about, Halloween Kills, uh, that franchise is not up there for me, even though the original is also pretty far up the mountain. So honestly, I think I'm going to say tonight, Scream is my favorite franchise in the horror genre. It's the most consistent and this new one, going to see it three times. I went and saw it with my wife, Trent. You and I went and saw it. And I took my daughter. And we were the only two people in the theater. So not only was that just a great uh, father-daughter experience and a great theatrical experience, but we were literally running up and down the aisles and screaming when things <laughs> happened and changing seats. Uh, but anyway, Scream 2022 should have come out in 2021. And this is the first one since Wes Craven passed away. And, you know, you have some legacy characters and you are introduced to a whole bunch of new characters. But what I was really interested in is you had Radio Silence directing this. You had Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillette who did Ready or Not that we talked about. And that is one of my favorite horror movies of the past, like, handful of years. And it was written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Bissick, who typically work together. And it was interesting looking up, you know, James Vanderbilt. He's done a ton of stuff, huge blockbuster writing, but also like Zodiac and some like really good flicks, like in terms of like script writing. Um, so the first time I saw it, I wasn't that into it. I was kind of like, eh, kind of bullshit. Really? Yep. And then I had a great conversation with, with my wife on the way home. Got home, continued the debate, and watched like a full spoiler, like total nerd YouTube, like 24 minute review. And was like, okay, I can kind of see this. And then when you know Trent and I had good conversation about it, I was trying not to spoil it for him. We went and saw it, and I was like, oh my God, I'm way into this. And then third time, knowing, you know, everything that would happen and watching everything and like really thinking about all the reservations I had the first time I saw it. I'm going to put this at number two. This Leapfrog Scream 2, which was previously my, my second favorite. The first one will always be the best. But this one uh, kind of beats them all. And it, it honestly, you can make an argument that it, it's better than the first in terms of what it does to like the audience and how it totally mindfucks the people that are watching it and what they're thinking. Uh, there are people that are going to watch this movie that are getting totally trolled that are just going to get fired up about the fact that they don't know that they're being trolled and they're going to like increase their Reddit sub threads and their tweets and everything <laughs> about this film. Um, but anyway, huge cast. You're introduced to a bunch of new people. You have Gail, you have Dewey, you have Nev back from the original. So... Um, you know, that would be Gail Weathers, that would be, uh, you know, Dewey and uh, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, who was obviously, uh, uh, other than the other movie we're going to talk about, I think we also were talking this week about our two greatest final girls. Um, and Sidney maybe may have leapfrogged Jamie Lee on this oh, one. Oh, shit. Yep. Um, but you also have a great new cast. You have Jenna Ortega as Tara, Oscar-worthy scenes. Um, Jack Quaid, who I love. If you've been watching The Boys on Prime, uh, you love Jack Quaid. Uh, Melissa Barrera plays Sam, and she is sort of introduced as like our new Sydney Prescott. Um, so 
we can get into it like later. There's so many characters, but I thought what this movie did is it paid really good homage to the first one and kept the legacy characters intact and also properly introduced a bunch of new characters that you actually gave a shit about and like connected them in like not super obvious ways to the legacy characters that are no longer in the franchise. Mm-hmm. So it sort of like gave you like a new class of scream characters, so to speak. Disappointments were uh, not very inventive kill scenes. Um, I thought that the directors did a really good job um, paying homage again to Wes Craven and like really kind of like, you know, a trip. Some of the scenes were tributes to Craven, but it maybe pulled them out of like their strengths. Like if you watch ready or not, I was ready for like a little bit more comedy, which we're used to in some of the scream franchise films. Um, and they definitely dragged on some scenes, which <clears throat> upon a third viewing, I actually found like kind of cute. Mm-hmm. It was annoying. Like the first time, <laughs> Um, and, uh, again, like, you know, if, when we talk about Halloween kills, like there are some just fucking bonkers kill scenes in, in scream five, it's very much just like knife. Like when you go see scream five, if you don't like knife scenes, just bring earplugs and close your eyes. Yeah. Um, cause they take full advantage of knife scenes, um, in terms of storyline and pacing and the the killer reveal, which is always one of the funnest things about going to a Scream film, is, you know, when you go see Halloween, it's Michael Myers. When you go see Friday the 13th, it's Jason. Uh, when you go see a Scream film, one of the unique things about the franchise is who done it. It's like a true every single film. Uh, I thought the reveal in this one was really well done. A little bit half-assed, I think, on one of, one of the reveals. Mm-hmm. Um... And on another one, I thought was probably one of the smartest in the entire franchise. But anyway, I also went uh, to see this with, well, not my whole family, but me and Connie went to see it. And uh, I remember there was a point halfway through where we both turned to each other and we're like, I like this. This is good. This is fun. Um, I liked all the the meta references to horror movies and, and now elevated horror is in the conversation and uh it even more you know establishes that it's not something it's not trying to be something that it's not which i like that about it and i and it's like a hit song we wouldn't have the budgets and these studios putting out all these uh elevated horror or whatever uh if you didn't have the ones that like have people coming out to the box office in droves and um this time this scream to me uh, almost had like a giallo cat and mouse vibe, and I know the the other ones. It's it's not really that much different than the other ones, but um, I think I went into it th- wishing that it was. I went into it wishing that it was like a way grittier version, and, and it was very very much just a very high quality continuation of what they had been doing. I liked it. Inside, I was very distracted from Sam. Uh, like the main character, uh, Melissa Barrera. Um, I thought that, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Like, she didn't shed a tear. I mean, all this stuff is happening. Her there sister's was getting stabbed. She's finding finding out all this stuff, and she's like barely reacting to anything. And I thought everyone else around her did great, um, but I found her to be a little distracting and, and like almost cheapened the movie on as a whole for me but um i like this way more than i thought i'd like it 
Um, and I understand it's, it's place in like the, the horror canon and whatever, but, uh, yeah, I liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah. I think that's really, that's the thing for me about the new scream is it is good. Uh, how do I want to say this? I hate, I, I'm on, I hate <laughs> when people say like, it's good for what it is, you know, because it is what it is. That I means it's like, not good. Like, <laughs> right. Why, why yeah. you say that? It's like the so new Offspring album. I, I enjoyed Scream quite a bit. And, and I'm not like any kind of Scream person. Like I saw the first one. I think the first one is a, is a classic for sure. Um, I mean, introduced the whole era of like meta slasher and meta horror, self-aware horror. I don't think I've ever seen two, three or four. So it wasn't really like that big of a deal to me, but I just thought, you know, going into watch this movie, I thought this is scream. Like th this is what it is. It's entertaining. I was uh, engaged, you know, throughout the movie. I didn't think that it sagged the acting. You know, I'm not giving out any Oscars or uh, like Kevin here, but uh, <laughs> you know, I thought the performances were fine. It wasn't like I'm rolling my eyes to the back of my head like another movie that we're going to talk about. The first time I saw that, I thought that it was you know plausible enough. I liked all the cheeky self-awareness and, you know, they replicate that opening scene sort of from the first one, but they're talking about It Follows and Hereditary and the Babadook yeah, and Babadook, stuff like that. Yeah. Name dropping. Um, you know, so you have all of that kind of, that witch. kind of self-referential, yeah, the witch, all that self self-referential humor in the movie, the original Scream movie in this movie is known as Stab. So right. in, in this yes. timeline, like the events of the Scream franchise, those were made into books and then movies written by Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. So all the, the kids in this movie, the new kids, they all know the whole story from watching the Stab movies. And at one point, they're even watching the Stab movies. And so it goes down that that whole like meta hole. Um, so I thought it was entertaining. I liked that they brought back the legacy cast. I thought it was cool to have... Arquette and, and Cox and Campbell in there like that just made it a little more fun like I don't just have to watch the amateurs here I can watch some familiar seasoned actors who I you know have been in tons of stuff and, and they're doing their thing and they're doing it well and that kind of lent it a little more legitimacy or some legitimacy I thought because you have you have them very gamely playing out the story of their characters um, I wouldn't put this you know I think it's kind of a drag when you have to do these franchise movies. I think it drags down a little bit of the creativity that, you know, the filmmakers are constrained. I mean, it is a legendary franchise. You are putting a chapter into this thing. You can't just do whatever you want. And I think sometimes one movie that, that I thought of when I was watching Scream was um, Happy Death Day. Yeah. Now, there is a very modern, self-aware, funny, smart whodunit slasher unconstrained by it doesn't have to do anything it doesn't no fans are going to be mad if it doesn't serve it doesn't have to do any fan service but it doesn't that, have to bring sorry, anyone back and, and i know cats yeah. but that's the entire you just nailed the entire point of the movie yeah and and they they do that in the, like they bring those expectations into the movie they almost talk about the, the, the they don't almost, constraints like, that yeah they, they talk about they it. talk like, about the characters in the movie talk about the constraints that the movie has to abide by and they talk about fans getting mad all this stuff is in there is very self aware um, I I think that if you know if I'm gonna watch something of this this kind of genre of self aware 
kind of comedy, funny stuff. I think something like Happy Death Day I would prefer. But I thought this was a perfectly fine, good time at the movies. No real disappointment or anything like that. Nothing that, you know, made me mad. Just a good old time. And, um, yeah, it was fine. Um, I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. Oh, since, yeah. yeah. Since huh. they announced it and all the original cast was like a part of it, I've been super excited to see it. And I felt not disappointed. And so that was very nice. I kind of was like taking it with a grain of salt. Who knows what way it could go. But I think they did a really great job of having the old and new characters mixed in. Definitely have plenty of callbacks to the original movie. I thought it was just done in like a smart, funny way and wasn't like, like it was prevalent. There was a lot of talk about, you know, horror movies and here are the rules and remakes and blah, blah, blah. But I just felt like they didn't overdo it. I think it just added to the story and like made it funnier and, and, uh, and better really. Uh, there were a lot of jump scares in this one that got me, which I was half expecting, but it was very much a like quiet place two situation. Like just me flailing my arms for like two hours, <laughs> just like, Dill! um, I, uh, one of my favorite parts was I can't remember who it was. Someone was in the kitchen, um, and they just kept doing the um, like uh, the open door gag, Dylan like Manette over yeah. West Hicks. Yes, Great. and I just <laughs> yeah. thought it was so funny. Like the the, the first time, I'm like oh that's funny, and then they but they kept still doing get you. It. They did, and that's the thing. Like by the end, like I st- it just made it. It was like a very suspenseful scene, but also like very humorous, which I really appreciated. They were like it's meta because they're like you know. You know what we do. Like, you know our MO. You know we do this, like, every kill scene. Um, and so it, I just... I, I thought I that was also a nice tribute to Craven, though. Yeah, for like, sure. The first time I saw it, I was annoyed because I was like, oh, the directors are, like, trying too hard. It's yeah. like, no, no, this is actually, like, a love letter yeah. to what Craven would It's funny, done. like, Nick... And also, like, Nick pointed out to me, like, the the sign. Like, he's like, oh, do you see, like, we, we'll miss you, Wes, or something like that? Yeah. I'm like, oh, Four West. Oh, Four West. Like, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he pointed that out to uh, me i was like I hey my little facts got yeah they had like a banner right um, at that right. party um and that's when i realized that they named the character after him um but without getting too spoilery too in this moment i think a certain person who died it was like a very effective moment um to be like oh shit like they're going for it. Like, they're not pulling out, all, like, any, or they're pulling out all the stuff. I don't know the, the thing. They're, they did they're it. They the did a good The stakes they, are they, higher. They, they kept the stakes. Stay <laughs> <laughs> um, But it was just, it was, it was really effective. It just kind of made me realize they meant business, and so I was here for it. Um, but they also, I feel like they were able to have that same killer formula uh, throughout. You know, like, you know he's going to pop out and it's gonna he's gonna have the knife and then like oh the police isn't there like blah 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 like it could get old you know for a two-hour movie of like the same thing over and over again but i just felt like it it was effective without being like boring or like dragging on i felt like it was a pretty fast two hours for me um but yeah yeah. i i didn't think i thought it was pretty brisk Yeah. yeah Like, I wasn't, like, tapping my foot, being like, okay, when are we done now? Um, but, yeah, it was suspenseful and funny and bloody, and I just was I was very pleased with it. It was a good one. So, like, so what do we think about the requel? That's what do you a mean? good term. Like, so, so, in the movie, you have a couple new characters introduced um, who are Chad and Mindy, and they are Randy 
from the first two movies. He's like the funny guy. He sets mm-hmm. the rules up at the first one. I remember the funny guy in the first one. Yeah. But I don't know who Chad and Mindy were in this one. Chad and Mindy were the twins. And they are Randy's niece and nephew. So oh. when they have the meeting at the house yeah, with yeah, all the yeah, friends, yeah. when yeah, Dewey sure. shows up and is like, let's yeah, get all yeah. the friends together because it's probably one of you. Right, right. And that is Rand- – so Randy's sister comes out yeah, and she like got greets the snacks, Dewey. Sure. And she's like, oh, Dewey, you look – doesn't finish the sentence. Yeah, which is kind of weird because David Arquette looks great. Looks great. Looks a lot better than her. Uh, well, I mean, She's saying he doesn't rough, look good. He's in pretty rough shape in this movie. I thought he looked like a silver fox. Well, yeah. I mean, he walks into the house and Jack Quay is like, just because he took no, a shower know, doesn't mean he should be carrying a I gun. Know he's supposed to, I know he's supposed to be like, he he's drunk in his trailer and all that, but I yeah, mean, he's I just, sad. I, he and Gail have broken up, like whatever. He's been wrestling alert. and shit. He looks good. They have a tribute to Uncle Randy up, you know, his home theater. And Mindy... Uh, played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. You probably have seen her in Yellow Jackets. Yeah, Yellow Jackets. She is like the new Randy. She is taking on her uncle's mantle and saying... She's given all the rules. Oh, shit, it's a requel. And it took me... Don't waft that my way. (laughs) It took me three times watching the movie to be like, what is she talking about? Like, what is a requel? And I understand it. We've now. talked about that's Evil Dead Two is kind of a requel. It's but, a remake and but, a sequel at the same time. I don't think this is that much of a requel. It is, but I loved. I I understand her explanation, and whether you accept it or not, let me give you my interpretation of it. All right, you're kind of rebooting. Yep, a franchise you that are hasn't rebooting. been around for yep. ten years. Sure, and let's be honest, like it was ten years before. You know, between Scream 3 and Scream 4, and now 10 years between 4 and 5. So you're kind of rebooting it, but you need to have legacy characters. And you made a great point, Trent, that I really like. think sort of like helps define a requel. You're constrained. You have a previous storyline that you have to continue. So as writers and directors, you've got like a previous vision and you have previous things that you have to introduce and you have to make the fans happy. Well, this is almost like a loophole for that, though, because you could literally make it, this movie a million times. Well, but, but, but what they did, I, what I thought they did well and, and I think purposeful was Dewey shows up pretty early and is like an, a pretty integral part of like the cast. But like Courtney Cox and definitely Nev Campbell... Uh, are like barely there. Mm-hmm. Like they're there for the third act, like only. Right. Uh, I mean, you see like Sydney Prescott like pushing her baby on a run for like a couple seconds and you don't see her again until there's like 20 minutes left in the flick or something. Um, so I think that's what they mean by like a requel. Well, it's okay. Just to finish this point about the requel. My, my previous understanding of requel is it's a combination of the words remake and sequel. But if it's reboot and sequel, yes, this is absolutely, this is a C-boot. I would call it a, a requel is a remake and a Being sequel. From Maine, this I is think that we can, a sequel we can that. and a reboot. It's a C-boot. Yes, I, I would agree, of course. I like the homages to like <clears throat> people who know horror movies um, and even pedestrian horror watchers mm. would know like the scene from psycho that they they did exactly and they set you up to think that he's going to die in the shower and then they they flip it on you and i also thought the same thing when she was in the wheelchair i was like oh this is like texas chainsaw massacre Mm -hmm. she's going to die in this wheelchair 
Um, so they kept there were like small like who was like in the nods. wheelchair? Oh, um, the Tara. Tara. Yeah, yeah, Tara. right. I thought the um, the kills were a little self conscious in this. I thought you were talking about the kills. The the kills every single kill in this to me was like we're gory we're gory look at this blood we're gonna stab we're not just gonna stab him two times we're gonna stab him ten times and the sound effects super the loud foley that yeah, knife yeah, you've foley, never heard yes. oh my god you're hearing this knife it's like one of those Ginsu commercials same thing with Halloween kills too I've never seen like a wooden knife block make that much noise when you pull a knife out of it but every kill of this was like see we have blood it's coming through his mouth there's the neck kill where they. The knife, which doesn't look realistic at all. That, that I was an it 80s. Does. It does. I, it I totally thought it was an does. 80s kill. It got it. After a while, it gets it was like, like oh, what wait a, a minute. But, but I got it. They're showing, hey, look, we can show the knife through the neck as long as we want. We're going to linger on it. Oh, it's, you know, we're not great. afraid to do that. I thought it did too. I thought it looked great. I thought it, there, I, I saw no sign of a prosthetic. Uh, and trust me, I was looking for <laughs> I it. it. I was, was just real. looking at a prosthetic. I didn't on see any sign of anything else. And third watches. <laughs> Um, I thought I thought the kills were not very inventive, although Trent, I will say, there is one kill scene in broad daylight in suburbia that I thought yeah. you must have loved. I just thought somebody really wants me to know that they're not afraid to show blood and do gore. <laughs> that was what I thought when I but saw like, that scene. Front steps of your house in broad right. daylight in suburbia. This isn't some PG-13 thing. They're going to show too. you. Scream Queen too. I, they, they are serious. The thing that I like a little bit more, <laughs> like the other mainstream slashers, you have like Jason and Freddy and even Michael Myers. They get like beheaded and burned and like just disintegrated and then they come back in the next one. I like how Screen has set it up as a whodunit so it's always someone else yes. in the same costume. So yes. and that way, when it, when it starts again, you don't necessarily <laughs> have right. to suspend your it's disbelief. It's not like, wait that, a minute, he drowned in the last one. Right. Now he's back again. No, and I think I talked about this in the Slasher episode. One of my favorite things about Scream is it's one of the few franchises where Ghostface just gets fucked up in every movie. He does get knocked around a lot more. A lot. Than, yeah. Like way more, more than, than any most. other like yeah. slasher. True. It's, it's he gets the crap kicked out of him time and time I again. I thought he had yeah, I thought he had it kind of easy. Well, it's not a he. It's it's a who. It's a who. <gasps> it's a they. It's a they. Right. We're gonna do a spoiler round after this a non-binary. They're not they're not professional. Spoiler. Well, I mean it's a different in every movie. That's not a spoiler. You know, the, the killer true. in every screen movie, what I mean is a different person, so they're really only getting knocked around the one time. Well, I mean, you can't really speak for some of the sequels. You said you didn't see them yourself. Yeah, I know what they are. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean like that. We were just saying that it's always, you know, it's always different. It's it's always a uh, whodunit, and it's always someone different. So the next movie for this week is 2021's Halloween Kills, which is the follow-up to 2018's David Gordon Green, Halloween, 
which retcons all sequels other than the 1978 original and brings us all the way into present day to have Jamie Lee Curtis come back as Laurie Strode. Once again, has Michael Myers for a second time breaking out of a mental asylum and going on a killing spree. So we thought looking for Laurie Strode. So 2018's Halloween reboot, I, I enjoyed it. You know, Trent, you and I watched it uh, one evening. Um, watched after it. I put that in we watched air quotes. It. Yeah. Uh, Dave was there with us and was we I were was supposed to watch it. I liked that one. I thought it was good. Um, I thought, while I do sort of enjoy in some ways like Rob Zombie's takes on Halloween, I loved David Gordon Green retconning everything and just saying, hey, by the way, yeah, good we're, move. We're so we're decades later. Yeah, forget all and, that. Yeah, yeah, and here's this guy. Uh, so everything happened. Michael was six, killed his sister. Michael broke out of a mental asylum. Let's have him break out again and then go after Laurie. Love Jamie Lee coming back. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. Once again, David Gordon Green writes this with Danny McBride, and then they had another writer on this one, uh, Scott Teams. So the reason that that I picked this one is because once again, it's another sequel like Scream Five that is, I guess, sort of continuing a legendary franchise. Uh, even though, like I said, they retcon everything else that happened other than the '78 version. I thought that this was like a proper movie to talk about because it was very polarizing, as was 2018's Halloween, uh, although that one made, I don't know what, like $300 plus million at the box office. I mean, it was huge. This one, um, you know, when 2018's Halloween came out, they announced immediately when it was going bonkers at the box office that this was part of a new trilogy that would end, end the franchise. And one of the problems I have is when you announce that so early on, the second movie kind of loses like a lot of game. Like, you know, Jamie Lee's not probably going to die in this one. Mm -hmm. And you know, Michael's probably not going to die in this one. So it's a problem with your second chapter of any trilogy. Yes. Yeah. If you announce it as a trilogy. Yes. Um, and, and it kind of goes into the requel thing too, Trent. Like it sort of like goes back to like all these legendary franchises. Like it is kind of a requel Star because Wars yeah. and, and like yeah. all this stuff. Like what's at stake, I guess, would be the best way to put it. You know, what am I going into this movie thinking about like what's at stake? I don't think I have a whole lot to worry about here. So how are you going to entertain me for an hour and 49 minutes? Um, but essentially it picks up immediately after 2018's Halloween and Jamie Lee uh, playing Laurie Strode again, and her daughter Karen, her niece or uh, her granddaughter Allison, they think they have Michael trapped. And essentially, what ends up happening is nope, Michael gets out of his ordeal. And you have a movie where Jamie Lee Curtis is top lined and is in the movie for like five minutes. Mm hmm. A la Halloween 2, which Trent, you commented on before we started recording. The original that, Halloween 2. you went and visited. Uh, so ironically, she's in the hospital again um, and barely in the movie. And it's just Michael becoming a supernatural force that is unkillable. And as a horror fan, everything I said about Scream when I said like, eh, the kills were a little bit like, you know, not very creative. 
Uh, you get almost two hours of Michael Myers absolutely fucking murdering everybody on screen in tons of different ways. Uh, which if you could take like some of the kills from Halloween kills, put them in Scream, and then take some of like Scream's like storyline and like character development, put them in Halloween kills, uh, I'd probably have like a perfect slasher movie. Mm-hmm. For me personally, again, like I said, the stakes aren't that high. It was just a stepping stone to next year's, you know, Halloween ends. I enjoyed it. I'll get into some of the actors and some of the, you know, like, like there's they, what they try to do is bring back like, like with scream, they brought back uh, three legacy characters in Halloween, in Halloween kills. They try to bring back like everybody that didn't die from the, the original friends. It's so confusing and it's <laughs> so hard to catch up on. Um, but I will tell you this, like if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Halloween kills yet, uh, a lot of things that I read said, go watch 2018 and then watch Halloween kills. I disagree. If you've already seen 2018s, watch Halloween kills and then go back and watch 2018s. You'll actually appreciate a whole bunch of shit that you pick up on more having seen, uh, kills second. But, um, Way too many characters, way too many legacy characters, way too many references back to a movie that had only come out three years ago. Um, but again, overall, I have a hard time like really poo-pooing this movie because it gives me a shitload of violence and kills and scares uh, and some pretty pretty decent like emotional moments. You know, I... Didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good sea boot. <laughs> um, <laughs> in this franchise, though, everything is already. It, it, it's never been mind. Done. No, yeah, it's yeah, been done. <laughs> I totally understand. The movie is as convoluted as the franchise. So because I love the original so much, uh, when the newer ones started coming out, I was a little nervous that I'd be getting another Rob Zombie situation because I did not like. A Rob Zombie remake. Mm, I don't like those. Either. Um, very like hot topic horror. Like I just hated it. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a diss. But I've been happy with these ones so far. I'm excited to see the next one. I liked how they brought back, you know, all these old characters. Maybe a little unnecessarily for some with the mailman and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> I liked that they did that instead of just cast, you know, casting all new people. So that was like a nice little like sprinkling in. Uh, they even get the OG Lindsay, which I thought was cool. Like, I know she's like a real housewife, a housewife or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but like, I was like, oh, you know, she can be back in horror, I guess. You know that she was like, I'll, I'll come back, but you can't kill me. Probably. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to live. Um, but obviously there was plenty of gore uh, right off the bat. It starts, it doesn't end. Uh, what I like about this one too, comparatively to, you know, the original, if you will, um, is that Michael... Um, has absolutely upgraded from not only using a knife, he just kind of uses whatever he can get his little uh, murdery hands on. Uh, we're talking guns, his hands, banisters, power tools, car doors, who knows? Light bulbs. He just, it, he just did a really good job, like, annihilating everyone. He had a lot of, like, just annihilation scenes, which were fun to watch. But also, I'm just... Um, he, I just still don't understand how he can withstand all of these things. David Gordon Green has said that like Michael's not a supernatural being, 
but he has one. to be he has to be he's literally like shot like a hundred times spoiler alert and he's still like all right let's get him like, evil evil but that, like yeah when, when you're talking about weapons like yes he did deviate away from knives but there's one scene <laughs> where he could have used one knife Mm. and then decides to take every single one out of the kitchen block that was like particularly like vicious like the banister the banister i was like really impressed with that whole thing that's that was probably like the hardest death to watch the last time we saw a banister was in high tension probably the banister is used in that yeah so he's definitely he has to be a supernatural being unless he's like body is he's always got i don't know so that's that's just something that i'll still never understand also i still don't understand how these people can't escape him because he refuses to run he's just walking constantly i thought he i heard he's he was fast, fast in this one he's fast in that one no Faster. i don't know i he seemed a little slow to me still because i was trying to make i'm like taking mental notes of being like yep this girl's been running from him for like five minutes and he's still just like Beep, boop, beep, boop, within striking beep, distance yeah and i'm just like how can these people not get away from him um but anyway i thought it was you know well paced i thought it was watchable i liked all the callbacks um i just thought it was a, a, a decent recent reboot seaboot i went to see this one i i have never i haven't been a fan of any halloween since the first one i thought i liked the second one i'll get to that but uh i went to see this at the theater made the appointment scheduled myself made sure i was at a certain place at the right time paid the big money got the popcorn went in there i'm like you know low expectations no expectations really hated it um couldn't get out of there fast enough i was like oh my god God." like 45 minutes into this thing i'm like oh my god this is the worst shit (laughs) i was at a matinee and i I was still like man i could like go do something else you know right about now um uh, but then you know this time around i just kind of like i had given up like i had been inoculated i had the antibodies from seeing it the first time you know and and so i knew what i i I knew what i was getting into and that kind of softened it and i and i thought Let's just say I'm watching any cheesy slasher movie, and it's not Halloween. It's just like a random cheeseball slasher, um, and I'll just watch it with that. You know, forget about Halloween. Just watch it as far as that, and like, okay, yeah, it's like it's so <laughs> it's so convoluted. It's so dumb. It's like so eye roll. Like the whole right from the start when they're at the karaoke night, they're they're like marking the anniversary of the murders and Tommy Doyle and all this stuff. It just it's not even fun to just say everything that's dumb about it but to to what you guys were talking about first of all the idea of michael myers as like superhuman yes and i thought it was very funny when he's described in this movie as uh he has the mind of a six-year-old child but the strength of a grown man if the grown man is wolverine yeah. from x-men <laughs> i don't know what grown man has that much fucking strength he is superhuman he could fight spider-man this is they mentioned at one uh, point that he gets stronger as he kills. The more he gets shot, the more bullets he takes. I mean, he's... <laughs> he absorbs the power of the bullets. The evil. This he's is like Black like, Panther. Yeah, this is <laughs> MCU horror. This is like Marvel Comic Universe horror. He would be right at home fighting Doctor Strange or anyone else. You know, the same thing happened to Jason. Like, at some point, these creatures... I think that's being generous. ...have to, you know, they have to become um, larger than life. Um, but, you know, one thing that I did after I watched Halloween Kills that made me forgive a lot of it is I went back and I watched the original Halloween 2 from 1981. 
I've probably only seen it one time in my life. I don't know if I've ever, like as many times as I've seen Halloween, I probably saw Halloween 2 one time when I was a kid on VHS and probably haven't seen it since. Uh, I used to watch it for the uh, hot tub scene a lot. Oh, the hot tub scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. Nice. Now, that's a great kill. He keeps <laughs> dunking someone. He turns up the hot tub, and then he keeps dunking her in it until her yeah, just body one. like fries and gets boiled yeah. to death. Dumpling kill. Boobies. Um, yeah, so the original Halloween 2 is one of the stupidest, most ridiculous things you've ever seen, and the whole point of that movie is that he is superhuman. And Dr. Loomis keeps saying, like, you can't kill him. I shot him six times. He's not human. That began in 1981. So that is not new. All of these ridiculous sequels that have him doing all this stuff, that's not some but new I thing. But I thought them retconning everything was going to make it, like, more human. There, and I don't know if we should explain retcon. That means that when you, when you do a sequel and you retcon previous sequels, that means that you're saying none of those things happened. Texas Chainsaw has done this. A number of times. Halloween's under like three There's times. There's a retcon in the second Halloween. They retcon stuff. Like the whole history, if you look at the whole history of the Halloween franchise and you look at how convoluted and ridiculous it is, that is all true of Halloween Kills. It's like the ultimate kind of <laughs> extension, the, the logical conclusion of something that spun out of control in 1981. It hasn't been in control. It hasn't made any sense since then. So whatever, it was fine. Some good kills, I guess. It's a little less impressive to me with a $20 million budget. It, it's fine. I wouldn't really recommend it, but for a completist, I guess it's not the worst thing you could see. I have this very cringy memory of this movie, which is very recent. Um, when we were down <laughs> at the Salem Horror Fest, um, I went down one weekend with Trent, and I went down one weekend with Connie, and we went outside, of course, after the movies, um, like a white trash New England horror dad, I had to go out and smoke a butt after the movie. And she sees Halloween Kills on the thing as we're at the film festival. And she was like, oh, Halloween. Oh, we should just watch that because we just watched a couple of movies she wasn't really that crazy about. And so she goes into the theater where they're having the film fest and she was like, um, Two for Halloween Kills, and they're like, "Oh, we're only playing the movies from the film festival," and she was like, "Oh, you guys aren't playing any real, any real movies," <gasps> and I was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, oh my god!" Uh, so we were stammering there for a moment at the counter uh, over Halloween Kills, but um, I like that Michael Myers—he's uh, the only slasher that drives a car. Yeah, and he's back in the car. He's back behind the wheel again. He this knows one. how to drive a car. It's actually—he's actually not. He's actually no. Him. He doesn't drive in this. He he drives in the it's, first one. You think it's him? Yeah, it's yeah. a fake. Out. That's what I was wondering. Like, why doesn't he drive ever? But again he doesn't know how to. Like, like in the in Halloween, he's been. He was six years old when he went to the asylum, and he right, like, somehow drives a car. At what point? He's superhuman. He can drive a car. From the nurse comes back in in this one. He also uh, if you well, he's at, if he's twenty one when he drives the car. Right, but he's he went into the asylum when he was six years yeah, old. He has yeah, a mind of a six-year-old. Yeah. And then also in Halloween 4, when they bring him back after Season of the Witch, he drives a car. So I like this movie for what it was. I actually kind of like those these these scenes where there's this angry mob led by Michael Anthony Hall, oh, <laughs> which he's God. like he's got such a terrible face, like his Anthony face. Michael Hall, Anthony, whatever, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael, not um, the guy from Van Halen. I know that <laughs> he's the guy. Is he for like Weird Science or something? Yeah, like, he's uh, from like yeah. the Breakfast yeah, from Club, from Sixteen Candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
he's now uh, he's the leader of this vigilante group, which I was telling Trent reminded me a lot of the angry mob from Frankenstein and that kind of thing. He's very MAGA and, too. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, yeah, it's I, it kind was of a like, MAGA mob. That's what I said. It was like the Capital Insurrection meets Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I almost like that part of it. Uh, Michael Myers almost reminds me of Frankenstein and his like rigid movements yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, I love the kills in this movie. Uh, it, it was like almost like Final Destination where you don't need to see what's in between the kills. You could just go through and see the kills and be like, oh, that's creative and fun and uh, brutal or whatever. I really like that they kill the old people early on. They show like an, like an old couple in love and then he oh, just... Oh, like, yeah. It, I, I feel like that's a line that they crossed that I, I appreciated um, and that kind of set the tone um, you know, for how, like how savage it was. But, you know, as far as storyline, it reminded me a little bit of like the remake of my bloody Valentine, or even like what, like Black Christmas, uh, the town of dreaded sundown, a little bit better than that. But yeah, you know, it's like that that caliber lot, of yeah, not a lot. <laughs> um, and you said you couldn't even make it through this the, the first, first time, time. Yeah, I had a hard time. Yeah. See, I didn't think it was that bad, and I actually think that um, when you give me that review and I go into it watching that. I'm way more open than when you're like, this is the greatest movie ever. Go yeah, check it yeah, out. And I go watch it expecting the greatest movie ever. Expectations. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think that you're like, whatever the opposite of a cosine is, uh, made me uh, go into it just kind of like, oh, whatever. And I enjoyed it. I Both movies were an enjoyable watch. And I think they're great for like, you know, it's like teen scream slasher uh it's it's a part of horror it's saturday night at the movies with I your would friends love a drive in with these two movies playing at it yeah that would be fun yeah that would be a party and, and dave one of the things that like i i always remember that you mentioned in the halloween episode that we did which i think was the indie horror episode because oh, uh, yeah. technically yeah, Halloween was an right. in, yep. in, in, indie movie. You said you loved the way that like Michael Myers was like one of the first killers that like positioned his bodies and like displayed them for people. Yeah, so you find them, and they do this in this movie very very well. Like, there's a lot of good scenes. Like, there's throwbacks to him positioning his bodies and kind of decorating them. I guess would yeah, be the right just, way to people like, just put it. stumble upon them, and that means they're next. I didn't think we needed the whole review of the. Um, the original night, you know, that this starts off with giving you Jim Cummings. I kind of, well, I did, I was yes. pleasantly surprised to see Jim Cummings in this. He has a little cameo. We talked about Jim Cummings. He, um, produced, directed, and starred in The Wolf of Snow Hollow. We talked about on our uh, werewolf episode. He's in this for a minute, but they give you the whole like the night from the original and all this stuff. It kind of felt like I was like watching Batman's parents die for the 50th time in slow motion <laughs> again. Like, yeah, good call. We know what happened, man. We don't need to see. But, but we, we had like the whole like cop cover up aspect of it, which I mean, maybe yeah. we should say for the spoiler part. I, yeah, but I didn't like that either. That I didn't thought help. that I thought I went and I went on YouTube and watched uh, a whole video of everything that's different from the theatrical cut to the extended cut. Right. And I thought that that whole flashback was going to be extended cut, and it wasn't. 
like maybe it should have been. It, it was in. Yeah, it should have been. Like yes, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes, I think it should. Yeah, have I been. thought the, the pacing of the beginning of the movie was very confusing to me because it just opens up with some kid and he finds some bodies and then it flashes back. And it's just like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, well, and, and that's why that's one of the reasons that maybe you that. should see the 2018 one before you watch this. But like, you know, I'll get I'll get to it in spoiler zone. Um, watching it, Halloween Kills, and then going back and watching 2018 Halloween, um, I actually found it like really enlightening. It was it was actually a lot of fun. But but you're right, like. Uh, it it's a very confusing opening, and, and again, you know, we should mention that like Scream that we talked about was supposed to come out a year earlier. Halloween Kills was also supposed to come out an entire year earlier, and I think the fact that it was three years later instead of two years made it a little bit confusing uh, to to jump back into into that Halloween night in Haddonfield. I appreciated how dingy his mask was in this. It was extra, like it had like some black mold on it. Well, he was burning. Toxic. He was in a fucking burning house. Oh, right. I was kind of reminded of uh, like uh, old kung fu movies and old action movies in this, like when in the beginning, Michael Myers is surrounded by 10 firemen and they just all approach him one at a time and he just kills them one at a time. Ah, instead of every, t- 10 on one. Yeah, every time in this movie, so every stupid. time like 10 people are going to take him down, they just take turns, you know? <laughs> and then he flips them over and kills them, and then they all just stand there, and then the next person goes, and then he kills that person, they just, you know, go down the line. I but, like, like the firefighter deaths, though. It, yeah, but... That's the part that reminded me of My Bloody Valentine. But, like, like if, if, like, I jumped up right now to try to kill one of you, would all three of you come at me at once? Yes. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to that's do it. That's how you do it. If, if if you would, yeah. If you you've got a guy, okay. and he's killing people, <laughs> and there's ten of you, and you're like, oh man, we got to get this guy. Just right. convert. You just yeah. take turns one at a time, and, and like watch him kill each person, and then you wait yeah, I mean, your turn. This, you I mean, this goes back to Descend Bruce Lee. I mean, I feel like that's that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, right. I thought I was watching like American Ninja or something. This was <laughs> David Gordon Green being like, I'm going to make John Wick with Michael Myers. The posse kind of reminded me of uh, Silver Bullet. You guys ever seen Silver Bullet? Yeah, you've seen it, Kevin. We talked about it on the Patreon. That there's there's always like the scene where the townspeople decide that they don't trust the police to catch this killer anymore. They're going to do it themselves. So you have that the classic like yeah we haven't even talked about evil dies tonight. um, Predictably goes wrong. Only takes like twenty minutes to set that up. You see that coming a mile away. Yeah. Uh, Both movies had a lot of trouble in editing both movies had a lot of extra things shot and they had a hard time editing them together to make a cohesive story i think that's common with these i think a lot of these movies shoot four hours you can kind of yeah you can kind of like feel the editing process while you're watching it like some guy somewhere is like oh god we gotta make sense we got how many hours we gotta make some kind of sense out of this uh yeah you do feel that towards just the cut third to this act. part now yeah or it's like you like if you have like it's it's interesting because like in a lot of these movies and it's more common nowadays to have like multiple directors multiple writers well that's always been a problem you have four or five writers but you always have like if you look at a movie you have one editor 
I, I can assume be like, that that's being done with the approval of the filmmakers that they're checking in. And they're not, talk, you know, not, a lot of just, times, depending on the contract, like what you have right. for say in editing, it's the studio. So they could be like, oh no, exactly. yeah, that's great. That's, that's where, great. Exactly. We don't care if the story doesn't get to the next kill. Exactly. Like get to yes. the next, like it's, it's well, watching the extended cut made me feel like there wasn't much that was stripped away from this movie. It wasn't something. Well, they should have stripped away more speeches. This is one of the most <laughs> yes. speech heavy movies I've ever seen. It was like, oh my God. But then when I watched the um, the original Halloween 2, just as many speeches in that. Really? So in that sense, it's very true to the old ones. Like every time you turn around, there's some long speech about, oh my God. Yeah, I think the, the good thing about the original one is that, you know, these people haven't been thinking about this guy exactly. for 40 years or however long. So yes. it's just like, they're like, wait, what's going on? Not blah, so blah. much talking. Yeah. Instead of being like, Michael Myers ruined this town. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, so that was like the charm of the first one. And now so, it's just like people let it go. Is he 60 years old? At, at this point, right? I mean, I mean, something 70? like that. He's I a geriatric are, murderer. He's yeah. been messing with us for 40 years. Was he must have been like eighteen or twenty? Yeah, he's forty six in this. I think if he was six when he killed his sister, no, nineteen seventy eight. He's twenty one, so he'd be sixty one. Sixty one. He's like Clint Eastwood under there. You know what? Maybe that's why he doesn't chase anyone. I, I thought one thing that hey, is no, oddly in this one he ah, uh, you know what? His there's, fast there's no chasing are in the flashback in 1978 when he would have been like 21. No, nobody. One oh. of the classic things that happen in in these movies usually that happens is like he's chasing people and they're hiding from him and they're running through houses and they're hiding in closets and they're doing stuff. Like he doesn't chase anyone in this movie. They just run up to him and he stabs them and then that's it. It's like there's no cat and mouse of any kind which was huge in the first one lots of cat and mouse stuff till the end yeah he sneaks up on someone no if he was really 61 he i think he would be targeting liberals more (laughs) you have that boomer rage he is a boomer he's a boomer michael's a boomer that's a young boomer All right, we're going to spoil both of these movies now. Spoil them rotten. Just like milk. We're going to give them everything they want. We're going to feed them grapes by hand on a couch. We're going to carry them to the bathroom. I'll peel those grapes. Uh, who wants to spoil Scream? Kevin, it's your week. Yeah, I mean, I Kevin feel like does. you should do the honor. Well, it's funny that you just mentioned grapes because one of the things that uh, these directors do in homage to the original Scream is after the initial kill scene... Uh, the first scream cuts to a scene where all of our main characters are hanging out at school and Stu and Randy and I think Tatum, Dewey's sister, are eating grapes. Did and not notice the grapes. The new scream, they do the same thing. They have the opening quote unquote kill scene. Oh. Then they cut to all of our main char- our new main characters hanging out in front of school and they're eating grapes together. Uh, and Why one grapes? of the people that is doing the announcement, uh, the principal who's doing the announcement, is Drew Barrymore. <gasps> no, uh, yes. Thank you. Um, but to spoil Scream, 
oh, it's it's my greatest delight. First and foremost, you have Jenna Ortega playing Tara, who Yay. opens the opens the movie with the classic quote unquote kill scene. Spoiler alert: she is the first person to survive the opening yes. kill scene in I a was screen not movie. Expe- I was not expecting that at all. No, and it put like suspicion on high alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you meet her sister Sam, who spoiler alert is Billy Loomis's daughter. Oh, and is doing like the Freddy versus Jason thing, taking these fucking drugs to stop her. Like she's taking antipsychotics uh, because Skeet Ulrich joins us in this movie, digitized Backseat to look driver. like Billy Loomis <laughs> back in the day, and keeps popping up and saying, "Just give in. You're just like your dad." You have, like I said, like you have a, a, a pretty solid like cast of new characters. Uh, the twins that I talked about, you know, Chad and Mindy, uh, which, by the way, you know, I talked about uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy, but her twin brother, uh, who's played by Mason Gooding, this is actually C- Cuba Gooding Jr.'s <gasps> son. What? Um, so you got some pedigree well, well. there. Um, but really... The biggest thing was the killers. For me, if I can just That's like a spoiler, I thought you were going to spoil it. I never talked about her when we were first talking about it. Mikey Madison plays Amber, who is one of Tara's friends, and so our new crew, you know, Jack Quaid, uh, Richie, and his his girlfriend uh, uh, Melissa Barrera Sam, who was Tara's sister, uh, they go and dig Dewey out of his trailer, and Dewey instantly is like, "It's probably someone in your friend group." And have you checked out the love interest? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, Amber is weirdly protective of Tara in in a lot of scenes in this movie. And Richie is the love interest. Yeah. And they end up being the fucking killers. I never would have seen Amber coming. Even though in the opening scene, she'll she, give you some it, clues. It's her number yeah. that's calling Tara. Yeah. And then they just give you the whole all the way back to scream the first scream oh we cloned your phone and it's like ah fuck i fell for that one so hard but i will say jack quaid i from the first fucking posters that came out i was like jack quaid's one of the killers yeah and then watching the movie he's so fucking good that the entire time i was like no he's totally one of the killers and then i completely lost him off my suspect list yeah because you're like like, you're like he wouldn't say oh he's the killer if he really was you know what i mean like i feel like uh this movie ended up doing in its reveal it ended up doing what halloween just retconned now they're tied to this whole sister thing like or the whole blood relation like halloween did the original sin of, of the halloween franchise was making laurie strode the sister in halloween 2 and that's what was retconned from the new halloween trilogy is they they decided to forget the whole thing about laurie strode being you know his sister that was just something that carpenter came up with under pressure or whatever and didn't even like himself uh, if you listen to him talk about it but now in this now in this movie they've decided in the scream franchise that this new the the final girl essentially Sam. of this one right she is going to be the daughter of Billy Loomis you know that that's quite a uh, constraint you know yeah I go into these movies like when they there's like a whodunit thing I go into watching them like I'm a private investigator 
and I can't even enjoy it because I'm always. But I knew Amber was sketchy before the title card even dropped, and the other dude, uh, Richie, he's like a Gen Z Matthew Lillard. He looks just like him. He acts <laughs> like him. <laughs> True. It's like you just get the. I got the well, vibe way right away. Sweeter, like Matthew Lillard, the original is like so aggressive and like goofy. Even if you go, yeah, and, and Richie is goofy. so sweet. Well, the problem I had was so Amber is one of the killers, and she admits to killing Dewey. Now that hospital scene, back to the hospital thing. Which spoiler alert: Dewey fucking dies. Yeah, He's the legacy Dewey dies. That dies. Dewey has a fight with a teenage girl. Hmm. Where he's she gets shot four times. They never address the four shots to the chest. She's also that, pretty tall in that no, they, scene. They I should, know. That's she wearing heels? They, they do show Dave. that they had a bulletproof vest. Oh, on. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, see okay. that. Okay. That yeah. makes a huge difference. Um, but yeah, I don't understand how these two random people who sir, who are on Reddit they on are Reddit. like That's yeah, where but, all evil begins. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like, like my daughter d- fighting me. And, but how do they know how to like? All of a sudden, they're seasoned stabbers, Throwing and they know how to use the a hallway gun and all this well, stuff. Well, I mean, like, that, come on. I think that's where you start asking questions that this is not made to answer. I guess you know, but like, like it's you're watching a silly meta slasher. You can't get. I feel like they could have picked any two characters and just back constructed it. It could have been the siblings. Right, you know, all you have to do is like drop a couple hints back in in other parts of the movie, and then you can say like, "Oh, it made sense all along." It was I was not surprised by yeah. any of the spoils in this. I mm-hmm. saw them coming a mile away. Interesting, because it's a spoiler movie. I, I did, do that I makes didn't. it so I much didn't harder. See the Amber. Th- I didn't see Amber. I was watching Richie closely the entire movie, but Quaid's performance and the writing totally made me. Like, especially when they get to, like, the mocker's house and, oh, my God, you're back at the house where the first one happened. And he's, like, flicking the lights on, like, you know, everyone, party's over. Get out of here. I'm saving your life. Like, oh, thanks for leaving the cup. Like, I'm, I'm saving your life. Like, thank me later. I was like, it's not Richie. It can't be. I thought, honestly, even though she was so fucking brutally stabbed at the beginning of the movie, I thought Tara was going to be one of the killers. They could have. It could have really? been. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It could have been any. I think that the way that it's written and constructed, it could have been any two. Which it probably was because they were have, probably feeding scripts to like different people exactly. to be like, "Don't leak this." I bet they're right. I bet there's alternate ways they could have gone with it. All you need is that scene. Like, there's a scene in the bar where Amber kind of indicates some protectiveness, and like, you know, when you go back, of course, once you know, you can see these like little hints in the movie, but. I feel like they probably were ready to do that with any pair, any combo in this. I think one of the things that I've personally never heard about, talked about the Scream franchise, um, is when you go back and at least I've never heard it talked about. I've never talked about it. I thought about it in this one, especially like, you know, how deeply I was watching this one and like, please hit a home run for me is... A lot of the kill, quote unquote, kill scenes are not meant to kill. It's a unique franchise in where some of the attacks on people are meant to leave them alive. And that's unique to this franchise where there's an end game. It's a good way to eliminate someone as a suspect if you have them get attacked and stabbed at some point in the movie, especially. 
then but know, al- that but takes al- a lot of heat off. But them, also, but. like, if you think about, like, Sam's attack in the hospital, they don't want to kill her there. Right. Like, the, there's so many scenes in the Scream, in all five Scream movies, where they don't actually want to kill somebody. Like, go right. all the way back to the first one. Like, when Sydney's first attacked in her house, they don't want to kill her. There's an end game at play here. Right. So their entire, like, quote-unquote, attempted kill scenes that they never meant to follow through on, they're moving. It's it's a unique franchise where, like, with, with Halloween, like, Michael's just fucking plowing through people. He's just killing everybody. In Scream, they're, like, playing chess. I thought Tara's performance was the best of the entire movie. That was Kevin's Academy Award choice. Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, kidding. This actress is unbelievable. No, she did There's great. a scene where Sam is telling her that she's Billy Loomis's daughter and that they don't have the same dad and she broke the family up because she found the diaries of her mom and Billy was cheating on Sydney and got uh, her mom yeah, pregnant. That, that whole thing was a little questionable, I thought, as far as like... Totally questionable. Uh, but what? that was when Dave said like, yeah, like I didn't love you know Sam's performance... That scene is the point of that. And the, the wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, that whole scene. She is unbelievable in that. I wasn't shocked. I was surprised. I wasn't trying to like track really that much because I knew it was kind of futile. I thought it was kind of futile. Like it didn't really matter to me, but I thought it was a you know perfectly fine reveal. Um, I don't know that there's really anything to spoil in Halloween kills unless we want to talk about the extended cut scene. That's not in the uh, theatrical version. I mean, Halloween Kills is the second movie we've just talked about. It. I don't know if there is something that we would consider like a spoiler in that. I mean, I guess a big spoiler would be that, like, you know, the whole thing that kickstarts, or I guess the end, is that her daughter is murdered by Michael. Sure, that's Karen a big gets one. it. Right, yeah. Karen gets, gets it. it. Right. Everybody gets it. There's so many That's the thing at generations the end. in this. I couldn't keep track of the grandmother, the daughter, the granddaughter, yeah. the great great grandmothers in it. Well, and that's the thing about going into it knowing that there's going to be a third one is that you're like, oh, they got him? Did they? Just kidding. That's when he rampages again. He annihilates the entire town, basically. One at a time. Again, one at a they time. have him surrounded. <laughs> and then goes and seeks out Jamie. Jamie Lee's daughter, and then so now this poor granddaughter is left without. Right, I without thought, it was, both I thought of her that parents. was kind of brutal. So the theatrical version, if you saw this in the movies, this movie ends with the murder of Karen, and mm-hmm. it's a. I thought it was kind of like unceremonious, like brutal. Yeah. Way to end the movie, actually. The big spoiler for Halloween Kills is he was never coming after Laurie Strode. He was always just trying to get home. And to stand in that room and look out the fucking window and look at himself. Uh, in the extended version, which I think is the the only thing you can see online, if you rent this, which you have to now, it's not on HBO anymore. If you rent this, I looked at everywhere that this was rentable, and they're all the extended versions. I don't think you can rent the theatrical version. And they end with an additional scene after the murder of Karen, the actual last scene in this extended cut that we all saw is um, Jamie Lee calling. She calls Karen's phone is after Karen's dead and Mike Myers picks it up 
Michael Myers, I should say, I guess, Please. Uh, picks it up and he just like breathes into it. And Jamie Lee is, is on the other end in the hospital and she knows it's Michael. And she says, I'm coming to get you, bastard. And then they show her walking down the hall with the with a with knife. The knife. Right. And, and the, the reason that that scene was originally in the movie is because originally the next one was was going to be a continuation of this same night. The way this was a continuation of the 2018 version, the next one was supposed to just go right along and Jamie Lee goes and, and finds Michael, but it's been decided that the next version will take place or the next installment will take place years later. So that's why they cut that scene of Jamie Lee out of the end because now it doesn't make sense with which is interesting because how could they this night is so long the longest longest night night ever (laughs) it's almost like halloween one and two well yeah that's what two the original two right same night yeah halloween 2018 uh there's the scene with the babysitter uh which the little boy that's getting babysat in the first one has like a cameo on tv in halloween kills where he's like she was my favorite babysitter (laughs) and she's in the first one and she's even like it's so late go to bed and that's like right when michael starts killing right it's like how does this go on and i realize that there's but they go to bed early the kids go to bed at like eight you know i think that's the only way you can reconcile a timeline i mean there's a lot of cool things about halloween kills like the the doctor and nurse that are in that that are at the bar that meet up with yeah michael hall yeah at the very beginning tommy doyle and all of our legacy characters from this one, if you go back and watch 2018, there's a scene where Michael's walking down the street and they're getting in their car and leaving to go out for the night as the doctor and nurse. Oh, I didn't notice the that. The shitty kids from Halloween Kills that pull the prank on Big John and yeah, Little John, yeah. who, by the way, there are so many characters introduced in Halloween Kills that like John, you love John. for like Two five men. minutes. <laughs> yeah, No, yeah. but you love them I for like five them, minutes yeah. and they get fucking slaughtered. Uh, Big John and Little John have these shitty kids pull a prank on them. Uh, that same scene, Michael runs into them and they're like, the same three kids and they're like right oh right. sorry like and run by him uh all the legacy characters like it's not just tommy doyle like you have the nurse uh that was in the car from the original 78 version when he was breaking out of uh smith's grove uh she comes back to play in this and she has a very similar scene in this where she is in a car and michael jumps on top of it um and again like she makes the worst decisions ever and shoots windows out uh which would just let him Uh, into the he's on top of the car just shoot the top of the fucking car please that's true uh we have the real housewives character that you talked about um there honestly there's just too many characters in this movie it's it's uh but david gordon green and um and danny mcbride they, they put a lot of thought into what they were doing here maybe a little almost this this might be a case of like a little too much uh and again like we talked about maybe some editing choices where like you had so much that you were pouring your heart out for the franchise and then maybe not quite putting together a cohesive storyline and again like i said it's it's tough to do to announce that you're doing a trilogy and to make everybody like super invested in a second movie where you know what are the stakes well the thing is these weren't 30 year 40 year franchises when you saw the first movie and that's the whole problem you can't you know like you were saying dave like if you're just looking for cheesy stupid slashers you know that's what these movies were you know granted scream was like starting this sort of meta era but you can't you know by the time you get to where they are now 
it, nobody is going to in 30 years say Scream 5 is like one of the greatest horror movies, I don't think, or Halloween Kills. They're still going to uh, talk about Scream. They might. And they're still going to talk about Halloween, the first one, but you can't do that again. You know, you can't see a new idea for the first time again. You can't be 17 again. Like, you can do, ha- you can have all the fun you, that you want, and that's great. But I don't think that when you go in, you create expectations, and next thing you know, people are on Reddit deciding whether your movie is any good when they didn't take it that seriously the first time when they fell in love with it they just thought it was cool and they didn't have you know you didn't have 30 years of expectations on this so now you're just like in this i don't know what you're trying to do can't make everyone happy but that's the whole point of scream five exactly right they address it straight up yeah fan like sam says am i now in the middle of fan fucking fiction exactly right Um, yes they're literally just like gutting people that are like starting reddit yeah. sub threads on and scream gets to wink at it because scream was meta to begin with halloween kills doesn't really have that option that's one advantage that scream has as a franchise it can do that and it'll let you in on the joke and everybody can kind of laugh at it and know what it is but halloween still has to like be all serious you know exactly like and they've tried to bring in like all these legacy characters and yeah. scream was just like no we've had these stat we've been doing this the exactly. entire time right One thing I want to talk to the script writers on Scream is, why was Kyle Gullner in this movie? Uh, Who was he? He was like the weird, creepy guy with like the fucking... Uh, muscle car. Uh, yeah, I that thought that was up. weird too. And he's been—he's a big actor. Like he's been in a yeah, lot that of horror thing, things. It was just for a cheap kill, I guess. And he—and then they made him Stu Mocker's nephew. Right. Uh, I feel like there was a whole thing there that was cut out. That was weird for me. That was an editing, another editing thing. Um, in this one, uh, another couple things just to go back to Scream. You know, you mentioned, or actually, to stay on Halloween quickly. You mentioned twenty million dollar budget. It made one hundred and thirty two million at the box office, and Paramount hasn't released how much it made on their premium subscription service. Uh, but that's way less than half of what twenty eighteen's Halloween made at the box office. Scream, however, uh, twenty four million dollar budget. By the end of this weekend, we should be getting reports that it's already in like the seventy million uh, area, and they want to do a new trilogy. So they want this to be the first of a new trilogy. So we could be seeing some more Scream films. Um, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are, but I feel like uh, Sydney needs to die. Um, Coming up here. Um, You had a good take on what would make a next Scream movie based on the outro of the ambulance. Yeah, I I, I still think that Tara is in on it. Um, and I don't think that uh, based on Sam's performance and the the critical response to her performance, like I think that you could see like a very Halloween-esque uh, Scream 6 having Tara kill Sam in the ambulance. Because the very end of Scream 5, like Sam's about to like walk away and Tara's like, no, come with me. And Tara's like, can we go to like a different hospital? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which perfectly you know acceptable (laughs) request um i think you could see like tara be like i'm fucking killing you bitch and i think i still think tara was in on it that's what i'm getting at okay 